This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it's true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else will do. I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and His love. I love to tell the story more wonderful it seems than all the golden
watching, watching for you and for me. Thanks to Jim and Debbie for that beautiful music. Welcome to Worship, Good Neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tag, our musicians. Thanks to Eileen Flatten, who will be reading our lessons and doing our children's message. And thanks to Isaac Christensen, who is our recording engineer. You're able to join us by NUIC podcast 
and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Judy and Jerry Winchell, and we want to thank Judy and Jerry for their generosity in sponsoring the broadcast. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we're not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. We are in the seasons of Sundays after Pentecost. You may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. And you may also want to have a Bible with and or Bibles for the kids as part of your home worship materials. As we begin worship, it's our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence, and begin with this invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We continue then with our confession. God of goodness and mercy, help us as we open our hearts and confess our sins. We doubt your presence and activity in our lives when we are struggling, confused, or hurting. Sometimes we lack patience, assuming we know when and how all things should happen. We forget that you are faithful in your promises to us. Other times we forget how vast your love is for us, for each of your children that you have uniquely created with purpose. We are truly sorry and ask for your forgiveness. Help us to do what's right in the days to come. Surround us and renew us with your grace. Amen. Hear then the absolution. God is good and loves us unconditionally at all times and in all places. By grace we have been saved. In the name of Jesus, our sins are forgiven. Amen. I hope you can join us as we sing our gathering songs. Jim and Debbie. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Grace of 
dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me My latest son is sinking fast My race is nearly run My strongest trials now are past My triumph has begun Oh, come angel band To my immortal home.
Thanks again, Debbie and Jim, for those beautiful songs. Good neighbors, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join me as I pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. O God, our strength, without you we are weak and wayward creatures. Protect us from dangers that attack us from the outside and cleanse us from all evil that arises from within ourselves, that we may be preserved through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. You may bless yourself or bless someone you are worshiping with today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula, be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This time we'll turn to the Holy Scriptures. I'll invite Eileen to come and read the Bible texts and then to give our children's sermon. Eileen? The first reading is from Deuteronomy 4, verses 1 and 2 and 6 through 9. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land the Lord, our God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. Who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people? What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. The second reading is Psalm 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one who walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bride against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. The next reading is from James 1, verses 17 through 27. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive ourselves. Do what it says. 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message. And as I like to say, it's for all of us who are still children at heart. So I have a question for you. Have you ever thought about your own head? Sounds kind of weird, but specifically, do you, why do you think we have two ears but only one mouth? There's a very old saying from a Greek philosopher who was about the same time that Jesus was alive named Epitus, who said, we have two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. Today we heard a little part of a letter from a person named James, and he is saying something kind of like this but he's talking about your whole body. He says a bunch of great things in this little section. One of them is to be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to anger. He says that staying angry about things just makes you mean and wicked, and that's not a great way to act. James writes that we should instead hear God's words and then do something with it. He writes it in a kind of funny way. He says that people who just hear the word are like people who look in a mirror and then two minutes later can't remember what they look like. That's pretty silly. But there's something that I do. I can look at my watch and see what time it is, and then a couple seconds later I have to look at it again because I can't remember what I just saw. James writes that when we just hear God's word and don't do something with it, we are acting just like that. God's words are going in one ear and out the other. We should hear God's word and look for the places where God needs us to work and then do something, and we will ha be happy that we did. I really like the end of this section of the letter. James says that the real way to practice being what we call a Christian is to care for people. So this week, I would encourage you to open your eyes and ears and see all of the amazing works of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please join me now in the prayer. Amazing God, teach us to love and do your word. Teach us to help those who feel helpless and to love those who feel unloved. Teach us to find joy in giving our time and love to the people who need it. Amen. Thy little ones, dear Lord, are we, and come thy lonely bed to see, enlighten every soul and mind, that we the way to thee may find. Now welcome from thy heavenly home, thou to 
cross and grave. Oh, draw us wholly to Thee, Lord, do Thou to us Thy grace accord. True faith and love to us impart, that we may hold Thee in our heart. We gather round Thee, Jesus dear, so happy in Thy presence here. Grant us our Savior, every one, to stand in heaven before Thy. Keep us, however the world may lure, in our baptism and covenant pure, that every yearning thought may be directed only unto Thee. Thanks to Eileen for those lessons and that wonderful children's message about the book of James right on and then to Jim and Debbie for that lovely song for our children's message. The gospel lesson for this coming Sunday is from the gospel according to Mark the seventh chapter verses 1 through 8, 14 through 15, and 21 through 23. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, in washing of the cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, I need to begin first with a caveat for today's message, and then with context for the message that I'm going to share. The caveat first. I went this past week with my wife to see the Jungle Cruise movie starring Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Although it had stuff my wife wasn't crazy about, snakes and a lot of fighting and killing, it did have the one thing she insists on when going to see a movie. It had a happy ending. 
When asked why she insists that every movie we go has to have a happy ending, she'll say something like, I have enough challenges and struggles and pain in my life without having to pay to see a movie with a sad ending. Which always makes me wonder, is she referring to me when she talks about challenges and struggles and pain? I don't know. The caveat then is that my message today does not have a happy ending. For many of these past weeks and months, the gospel texts and my sermons have ended with the good news of God's unconditional love for us in Jesus. But today, the focus for all four texts is the law and how important it is for us to take the law seriously and to live it out. And that's what I'll be preaching on. But please keep the good news and the happy ending of God's unconditional love for us in Jesus in mind, because that is always the solid foundation on which we stand as people of faith. And speaking of being people of faith, the context for our message comes from Garrison Keillor's book, Life Among Lutherans. Although Keeler is out of favor these days, suffering the fate of many whose behavior ends their careers, I still appreciate his insights, especially when it comes to faith, and especially when it comes to the faith of Lutherans. He writes this at the end of his introduction to the book about Lake Wobegon Lutherans, which seems so accurate to me about all of us Lutherans here in the upper Midwest. The people who occupy the pews of Lake Wobegon Lutheran on Sunday are ordinary people, doing their best to be good and walk straight in a world that seems to reward the crooked and mock the righteous. They gather together and give alms to the poor. They sing, lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring so the tears come to your eyes. And they pray to God, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And then they go home and put on their work clothes and tend their flower beds and groom their lawns. While they do their best to love each other, they always watch each other very closely. There is gossip on occasion. There are cold shoulder treatments and grudges and ferocious rivalries. Despite one's best efforts, envy of the achievements of someone else's children is a tough thing to deny. So back to church they go, seeking forgiveness and grace. Church is the place where, like Robert Frost said, when you need to go there, they have to take you in. You can come back every Sunday promptly or come on Easter and Christmas if that's what you can manage. If you wander in and find a potluck supper going on and you forgot to bring a hot dish, it's okay. Lutherans always have extra. And there's always coffee. It may not be the best coffee, but it's good enough. Well, most of us try to live out our faith and obey God's law, but we all mess up and we falter and we fail. Then we go back to church, confess, and ultimately trust in the forgiveness and grace and love of God for us in Christ. That's the pattern our lives almost inevitably follow, and that's the context for my message today. So please keep the caveat about good news and the context about how we try to follow the law but fail, keep those thoughts in mind as I talk a little bit about God's law and what our Bible texts share about it today. When we talk about God's law, I suspect almost all of us have run into and perhaps harbored ourselves the biggest misconception of all about it and about the specifics of God's law, like the Ten Commandments and related requirements and restrictions. And that misconception is that 
All of those things are meant simply to spoil our fun and keep us from doing what we really long to do. The little story of Adam and Eve and the apple and the serpent remind us that this misconception is as old as humankind. Well, our lessons today provide three significant insights about God's law and that they then help correct those misconceptions with those insights. And I'd like to share them for your consideration and reflection. The first insight comes in the first two lessons. In the Old Testament lesson from Deuteronomy, Moses tells the people of Israel, who have finally made it to the edge of the promised land and are about to start their lives in this place they'd been dreaming about and wandering toward for 40 years, Moses tells them both how fortunate they are to have God's law and how critical it is for them to keep the law. The nations around you will see how wise you are, Moses says, and how lovingly your God cares for you if you are just careful to live in the light of God's law. The psalmist in Psalm 15 asks the question, who can live in God's house? Who can dwell close to God? And he answers his own questions by saying in effect, it's those who live out God's law, who are upright and caring and do the best and to do what is right. Those are the ones who can live close to God. And so the first insight is that the law is a wonderful gift to all of us and offers us wisdom for life, help in dealing with tough situations, and peace when we obey it. That's the first. The second insight comes in the book of James, where James says just talking about God's law and God's word and not doing anything about what God requires is absolutely fruitless. God is not fooled when we say we're Christians and that we're following Jesus while we go about living just like everyone else around us. James is very clear about this second insight. Just hearing God's word and law is not enough. Be doers of the word, live out God's law, and you'll be blessed in your doing. That's the second insight. The third insight comes from Jesus in our gospel lesson today as he argues with the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus says that there are a whole lot of things you can do to obey God's law, like going to church and praying before meals and tithing and stuff like that, and all of those things are good things. But if there's still evil in your heart and sin warps your thinking and your actions, you are missing what is most essential about life and faith. <coughs> Excuse me. What is most essential according to Jesus, and this is the third insight, is that you not only do the right things, but that you have a right relationship with the lawgiver, with God, that cleanses your thoughts and puts your heart right. It is here in this relationship that we discover the full goodness and the full gift of what the law is all about. <coughs> Excuse me again. Let me try to illustrate all three of these insights with a little list that I received long ago entitled simply, Kids Instructions for Life. I've picked a few of my favorite instructions here. First of all, from Patrick, age 10, he says, never trust a dog to watch your food. Matthew, age 12, when you want something expensive, ask your grandparents. Rocky, age nine, wear a hat when feeding seagulls. Rosemary, age seven, never try to hide a piece of bro broccoli in glass of milk. Lamar, age 10, 
Don't flush the toilet when your dad's in the shower. Nicholas, age 11, never bug a pregnant mom. Heather, age 16, when your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid? Don't answer him. Michael, age 14, never tell your mom her diet's not working. Joel, age 12, don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. Alicia, age 13, when you get a bad grade in school, show it to your mom when she's on the phone. And finally, Laura, age 13, never try to baptize a cat. Never try to baptize a cat. Well, first of all then, as we try to illustrate the insights about the law and think about those kids' instructions for life, when you think about all of those instructions that I just read, just like God's law, they're all true and they all make a lot of sense. They aren't meant to keep us from having fun. They're meant to give us enough sense and wisdom to navigate our days and to find help and peace. And that underscores our first insight, and that's that God's law is a wonderful gift for each of us. Second, if we know things like, and this was my personal favorite of all those kids' instructions, if we know things like, if your dad asks, do I look like an idiot, don't answer him, and if we know those things and ignore the sense and wisdom it offers and we do answer him, well, we simply won't benefit from the instructions and are likely to have one mad dad on our hands. In James' words, if we are hearers of the word and not doers, we'll miss all the benefit and blessing the word the law offers us. And finally, the third insight, Jesus challenges the Jewish leaders of his day. He challenges us this morning to see and understand that it's not just following the law that matters, but believing in and trusting the lawgiver so that our hearts, our desires actually shift and change. Think again then of those kids' instructions for responding or not responding to your dad. What Jesus says is that it's far beyond the single encounter with your dad. The deeper question and concern is your whole relationship with him. When you come to know that he loves you and you love him, that changes your heart. It changes your thoughts. It changes your actions. The third insight then is that the lawgiver and his love for us, that is God's law and God's love for us, really make possible within us a faith, a trust that changes our heads and hearts and allows us, really enables us, to live out God's will and way for us in the most simple and authentic way. God's law is a gift. That's the first insight. We need to live it out to be blessed by it. That's the second. Knowing the love behind the law can change our hearts and minds. That's the third. I know you can't see me. I'm holding up the Bible here uh, at the end of this little message, and I simply want to say, Finally, that good things are waiting in this book, in God's word for each of us. God's law is here, so is God's love. All offered to us as sheer gift and grace. Check it out this coming week. Amen. Let me live, blessed Lord, in the light of thy word. Let my life be a light on a hill. Leading souls now astray 
to the straight narrow way help me do some good deed while I live let my life be a light shining out through the night may I help struggling ones to the fold spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the let my life be a light to some soul. Give me wisdom and power every day, every hour. Let me drink from the fountain above. Guide my footsteps aright through the dark stormy night. Give me peace. Give me joy, give me love Let my life be a light Shining out through the night May I help struggling ones to the fold Spreading cheer everywhere To the sad and the lone Let my life be a light to some soul Give me souls for my hire, let my life be on fire, shining out to the world as a guide. Help me rescue someone, sinking now with no hope, that in heaven we shall ever abide. Let my life be a light, shining out. The night. May I help struggling ones in the fold, spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul, spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life. Be a light to some soul. We continue then with our uh, confession of faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'll invite Debbie and Jim to come and do the prayers of the church. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. 
made children and heirs of God's promise, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. We pray for the church that it is a safe haven for all who seek your presence. Fill it with pastors, deacons, and leaders who echo your expansive and generous welcome. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the whole of creation, that plants and animals have the habitat and resources to thrive and flourish. Inspire us to protect threatened habitats and ensure a sustainable future for generations to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for individuals in positions of authority Raise up wise and discerning leaders in federal, state, and local governments and guide them to seek the benefit of every person. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are in need. Support and encourage those who are unemployed, underemployed, or experiencing poverty. Bring food, shelter, clothes, and stability for daily life. We ask for your comfort and healing for Julie Dubois, Joanne Fowler, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Myrna Brown, Mary Greiser, Vernon Lee, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Sherm Olson, Randy Goglin, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Kirsten Overby, Andy Elmer, Leslie, Larry Bazile, Dave Haugerud, Rachel, Marcia Helling, Rachel Funks, and Sean Vanderheiden. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for this parish, especially those beginning a new school year. Empower teachers and school administrators guide students in their learning and development, accompany parents, foster parents, and caregivers who provide encouragement and love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for the faithful departed who showed us how to honor God with our heart. Inspire us by their example and renew our faith, trusting that we will be united with them in glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts known only to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit. I'd like to just mention at this point in our service the offering. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church even when we're physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to your home congregation, 
to the synod or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. And as you consider that, I'd like to just do a little offering prayer. So would you pray with me, please? Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we've given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. We'll continue then to the communion part of our service, and I'd invite you at this time, if available, to get some bread or a wafer and wine or a grape juice so you can participate wherever you are in our communion service. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Hear then these words of institution. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the wine and gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me as oft as you drink it. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you pray the Lord's Prayer with me? Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. I'll invite you first of all then to take the bread or the wafer and to eat it. And as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus. This is the body of Christ broken for you. And then take the wine or the grape juice. And as you drink it, hear this promise. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Receive then the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. I'll invite Jim and Debbie to come for our closing song. In the highways, in the hedges, in the highways, in the hedges, in the highways, in the hedges, I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere working, I'll be somewhere working.
working, I'll be somewhere. I'll working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere. working, I'll be somewhere. I'll working, I'll be somewhere. I'll working for my Lord. When He calls me, I will answer. When He calls me, I will answer. When He calls me, I will answer. I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. In the highways, in the hedges, in the high. In the highways, in the hedges, I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere working, I'll be somewhere working, I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere working, I'll be somewhere working, I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amherst, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. We will take care.